0: So let your eyes fall heavy and your breath soften as we settle in for a peaceful night's sleep. The Tenth Book One O oh my soul, the time I trust will be when thou shalt be good, simple, simple, single, more open and visible, than that body by which it is enclosed. Thou wilt one day be sensible of their happiness, whose end is love, and their affections dead to all worldly things. Thou shalt one day be full, and in want of no external thing, no seeking pleasure from anything either living or insensible, that this world can afford, neither wanting time for the continuation of thy pleasure, nor place and opportunity, nor the favour either of the weather or of men. When thou shalt have content in thy present estate, and all things present shall add to thy content, When thou shalt persuade thyself that thou hast all things, all for thy good, and all by thy province of the gods, and of things future also shalt be as confident that all will do well as tending to the maintenance and preservation in some sort of his perfect welfare and happiness who is perfection of life of goodness and beauty, who begets all things, and containeth all things in himself, and in himself doth recollect all things from all places that are dissolved, that of them he may beget others again like unto them. Such one day shall be thy disposition, that thou shalt be able, both in regard of the gods, and in regard of men, so to fit and order thy conversation, as neither to complain of them at any time, for anything that they do, nor to do anything thyself, for which thou mayest justly be commended. 2. As one who is altogether governed by nature, let it be thy care to observe what it is thy nature in general doth require. That done, if thou find not that thy nature, as thou art a living, sensible creature, will be the worse for it, thou mayest proceed. Next then thou must examine What thy nature as thou art a living sensible creature doth require, and that, whatsoever it be, thou mayest admit of and do it, if thy nature as thou art a reasonable living creature will not be the worse for it. Now whatsoever is reasonable is also sociable, Keep thyself to these rules, and trouble not thyself about idle things. 3. Whatsoever doth happen unto thee, thou art naturally by thy natural constitution either able or not able to bear. If thou beest able, be not offended but bear it according to thy natural constitution, or as nature hath enabled thee. If thou beest not able, be not offended, for it will soon make an end of thee, and itself, whatsoever it be, at the same time end with thee. But remember that whatsoever by the strength of opinion, grounded upon a certain apprehension of both true profit and duty, thou canst conceive tolerable that thou art able to bear that by thy natural constitution. 4. Him that offends, to teach with love and meekness, and to show him his error. But if thou canst not, then to blame thyself, or rather not thyself neither, if thy will and endeavours have not been wanting. 5. Whatsoever it be that happens unto thee, it is that which from all time was appointed unto thee. For by the same coherence of causes, by which thy substance from all eternity was appointed to be, was also whatsoever should happen unto it, destinated and appointed. 6. Either with Epicurus, we must fondly imagine the atoms to be the cause of all things, or we must needs grant to nature. Let this then be thy first ground, that thou art part of that universe which is governed by nature. Then secondly, that to those parts that are of the same kind and nature as thou art, thou hast relation of kindred. For of these, if I shall always be mindful, first as I am a part, I shall never be displeased with anything that falls to my particular share of the common chance of the world." For nothing that is behoveful unto the whole can be truly hurtful to that which is a part of it. For this being the common privilege of all natures, that they contain nothing in themselves that is hurtful unto them, it cannot be that the nature of the universe, whose privilege beyond other particular natures, is that she cannot against her will, by any higher external cause, be constrained, should beget anything, and cherish it in her bosom, that should tend to her own hurt and prejudice. As then I bear in mind that I am a part of such a universe, I shall not be displeased with anything that happens. And as I have relation of kindred to those parts that are of the same kind and nature that I am, so I shall be careful to do nothing that is prejudicial to the community, but in all my deliberations shall that they are of my kind ever be, and the common good that which all my intentions and resolutions shall drive unto, as that which is contrary unto it, I shall by all means endeavour to prevent and avoid. These things once so fixed and concluded, as thou wouldst think him a happy citizen, whose constant study and practice were for the good and benefit of his fellow citizens, and the carriage of the city such towards him, that he were well pleased with it, so must it needs be with thee that thou shalt live a happy life. 7. All parts of the world, all things I mean that are contained within the whole world, must of necessity at some time or other, come to corruption. Alteration, I should say, to speak truly and properly, but that I may be the better understood, I am content at this time to use the more common word. Now say I, if so be that this be both hurtful unto them, and yet unavoidable, would not thinkest thou the whole itself be in a sweet case, all the parts of it being subject to alteration, yea, and by their making itself fitted for corruption, as consisting of things different and contrary. And did nature then either of herself thus project and purpose the affliction and misery of her parts, and therefore of purpose so made them, not only that haply they might, but of necessity that they should fall into evil. Or did not she know what she did when she made for them? For either of these two say is equally absurd but to let pass nature in general, and to reason of things particular according to their own particular natures. How absurd and ridiculous it is, first to say that all parts of the whole are, by their proper natural constitution, subject to alteration, and then when any such thing doth happen as when one doth fall sick and dieth, do take on and wonder, as though some strange thing had happened. Though this besides might move not so grievously to take on when any such thing doth happen, that whatsoever is dissolved, is dissolved into those things whereof it was compounded. For every dissolution is either a mere dispersion, for every dissolution is either a mere dispersion of the elements into those elements again whereof everything did consist, or a change of that which is more solid into earth, and of that which is pure and subtle or spiritual into air so that by this means nothing is lost, but all resumed again into those rational, generative seeds of the universe, and this universe, either after a certain period of time, to lie consumed by fire, or by continual changes to be renewed, and so forever to endure. Now that solid and spiritual that we speak of, thou must not conceive it to be the very same which at first was when thou wert born, for alas, all this that thou art in either kind, either for matter or substance, or of life, hath but two or three days ago part From meats eaten, and partly from air breathed in, received all its influx, being the same then in no other respect than a running river, maintained by the perpetual influx and new supply of waters, is the same. That therefore which thou hast since received, Not that which came from thy mother, is that which comes to change and corruption. But suppose that that for the general substance, and more solid part of it, should still cleave unto thee never so close. Yet what is that to the proper qualities and affections of it, by which persons are distinguished, which certainly are quite different. 8. Now that thou hast taken these names upon thee of good, modest, true, take heed lest at any times by doing anything that is contrary. Thou be but improperly so called, and lose thy right to these appellations or if thou do, return unto them again with all possible speed. And remember that the word notes unto thee an intent and intelligent consideration of every object that presents itself unto thee without distraction, and the word compliance are ready and contented Acceptation of whatsoever by the appointment of the common nature happens unto thee, and the word sublime, a superextension or a transcendent and outreaching disposition of thy mind, whereby it part us by all boldly pains and pleasures, honour and credit, death and whatsoever is of the same nature, as matter of absolute indifferency, and in no wise to be stood upon by a wise man. Then these if inviolable, thou shalt observe, and shalt not be ambitious to be so called by others, both thou thyself shalt become a new man, and thou shalt begin a new life. For to continue such as hitherto thou hast been, to undergo those distractions and distempers as thou must needs for such a life as hitherto thou hast lived, is the part of one that is very foolish and is over fond of his life. Whom a man might compare to one of those half-eaten wretches, matched in the amphitheater with wild beasts, who, as full as they are all the body over with wounds and bloods, desire for a great favour, that they may be reserved till the next day, then also, and in the same estate to be exposed to the same nails and teeth as before. Away, therefore, ship thyself, and from the troubles and distractions of thy former life, convey thyself as it were unto these few names, and if thou canst abide in them, or be constant in the practice and possession of them, continue there as glad and joyful as one that were translated unto some such place of bliss and happiness, as that which by Hyacinth and Plato is called the Islands of the Blessed, by others called the Elysian Fields, and whatsoever thou findest thyself, Thou art in danger of a relapse, and that thou art not able to master and overcome those difficulties and temptations that present themselves in thy present station. Get thee unto a private corner, where thou mayest be better able, or if that will not serve forsake even thy life rather but so that it be not in passion, but in plain, voluntary, modest way. This being the only commendable action of thy whole life, that thus thou art departed, or this having been the main work and business of thy whole life, that thou mightest thus depart. Now for the better remembrance of those names that we have spoken, thou shalt find it very good help to remember the gods as often as may be, and that, the thing which they require at our hands of as many of us, as are by nature reasonable creation, is not that which fair words, and outward show of piety and devotion we should flatter them, but that we should become like unto them, and that as all other natural creatures, the fig tree for example, the dog, the bee, both do all of them, and apply themselves unto that which by their natural constitution is proper unto them so man likewise should do that, which by his nature, as is a man, belongs unto him. 9. Toys and fooleries at home, wars abroad, sometimes terror, sometimes torpor or stupid sloth. this is thy daily slavery. By little and little, if thou doest not better look to it, those sacred dogmata will be blotted out of thy mind. How many things be there, which when as a mere naturalist, thou hast barely considered of according to their nature. Thou dost let pass without any further use, Whereas thou shouldst in all things so join action and contemplation, that thou mightst both at the same time attend all present occasions to perform everything duly and carefully, and yet so intend the contemplative part too, that no part of that delight and pleasure which the contemplative knowledge of everything, according to its true nature, doth of itself afford, might be lost, or that the true and contemplative knowledge of everything, according to its own nature, might of itself, action being subject to many lets and impediments, afford unto thee sufficient pleasure and happiness. Not apparent indeed, but not concealed. And when shalt thou attain to the happiness of true simplicity and unaffected gravity? When shalt thou rejoice in certain knowledge of every particular object according to its true nature, as what the matter and substance of it is, what use is it for the world, how long it can subsist, what things it doth consist of, who they be that are capable of it, and who they that can give it and take it away. 10. As the spider, when it hath caught the fly that it hunted after, is not little proud, nor meanly conceited of herself, as he likewise that hath caught a hare, or hath taken a fish with his net, as another for taking a boar, and another of a bear. So may they be proud, and applaud themselves for their valiant acts against Saramatia, or northern nations lately defeated. For these also, these famous soldiers and warlike men, if thou dost look into their minds and opinions, what do they for the most part but hunt after prey? 11. To find out and to set thyself some certain way and method of contemplation, whereby thou mayest clearly discern and represent unto thyself the mutual change of all things, the one into the other. Bear it in thy mind evermore, and see that thou be thoroughly well exercised in this particular, for there is not anything more effectual to beget true magnanimity. 12. He hath got loose from the bounds of his body, and perceiving that within a very little while he must of necessity bid the world farewell, and leave all these things behind him, he wholly applied himself as to righteousness in all his actions, so to the common nature in all things that should happen unto him. And contenting himself with these two things, to do all things justly, and whatsoever God doth send to like well of it, what others shall either say or think of him, or shall do against him, He doth not so much as trouble his thoughts with it. To go on straight, with a right and reason directed him, and by so doing to follow God, was the only thing that he did mind, that his only business and occupation. 13. What use is there of suspicion at all? Or, why should thoughts of mistrust and suspicion concerning that which is future, trouble thy mind at all? What now is to be done, if thou mayest search and inquiry into that? What needst thou care for more? And if thou art well able to perceive it alone, let no man divert thee from it. But if alone thou dost not so well perceive it, suspend thine action, and take advice from the best. And if there be anything else that doth hinder thee, go on with prudence and discretion, according to the present occasion and opportunity, still proposing that under thyself, which thou dost conceive most right, And just for to hit that aright, and to speed into the prosecution of it, must needs be happiness, since it is that only which we can truly and properly be said to miss of, or miscarry in. Fourteen. What is that that is slow, and yet quick, Mary? and yet grave, he that in all things doth follow reason for his guide. 15. In the morning as soon as art thou waken, when thy judgment before either thy affections or external objections have wrought upon it, is yet most free and impartial, put this question to thyself, whether if that which is right and just be done, the doing of it by thyself, or by others when thou art not able thyself, be a thing material or no, for sure it is not, and as for these that keep such a life, and stand so much upon the praises or dispraises of other men, hast thou forgotten what manner of men they be? That such and such upon their beds, and such in their board, what their ordinary actions are, what they pursue after, and what they fly from, and writings they commit, if not with their hands and feet, yet that with more precious parts of theirs, their minds, which, would it but admit of them, might enjoy faith, modesty, truth, justice, a good spirit. Sixteen Give what thou wilt, and take away what thou wilt, saith he that is well taught and truly modest, to him that gives and takes away. And it is not out of stout and preemptory resolution that he saith it, but in mere love and humble submission. Seventeen So live as indifferent to the world and all worldly objects, as one who liveth by himself alone upon some desert hill. For whether here or there, if the whole world be but as one town, it matters not much for the place. Let them behold and see a man, that is a man indeed, living according to the true nature of man. If they cannot bear with me, let them kill me, for better were it to die than so to live as they would have thee. 18. Make it not any longer a matter of dispute or discourse, What are the signs and properties of a good man, but really and actually to be such? 19. Ever to represent unto thyself, and to set before thee, both the general age and time of the world, and the whole substance of it and how all things particular in respect of these are for their substance, as one of the least seeds that is, and for their duration, as the turning of the pestle and mortar once about. Then to fix thy mind upon every particular object of the world, and to conceive it as it is indeed, as already being in the state of dissolution and of change, tending to some kind of either putrefaction or dispersion, or whatsoever else it is, that is the death, as it were, of everything in his own kind. 20. Consider them through all actions and occupations of their lives, as when they eat and when they sleep, when they are in act of necessary exoneration, and when in the act of lust. Again, when they either are in their greatest exaltation and in the middle of all their pomp and glory, or being angry and displeased in great state and majesty as from an higher place they chide and rebuke. How base and slavish but a little while ago they were fain to be that they might come to this and within a very little while what will be their estate when death has once seized upon them. 21. That is best for everyone, that the common nature of all doth send unto everyone, and then it is best when she doth send it. 22. The earth, saith the poet, doth often long after the rain. So is the glory sky, often as desirous to fall upon the earth, which argues a mutual kind of love between them. And so, say I, doth the world bear a certain affection of love, to whatsoever shall come to pass, with thine affections shall mine concur, O world. The same, and no other, shall the object of my longing be which of thine. Now that the world doth love, it is true indeed, so is it as commonly said and acknowledged legend, when, according to the Greek phrase, imitated by the Latins, of things that used to be, we say commonly that they love to be. 23. Either thou dost continue in this kind of life, and that it is, which so long thou hast been used unto, and therefore tolerable, or thou doest retire, or leave the world, and that of thine own accord, and then thou hast thy mind, or thy life is cut off and then they mayest thou rejoice that thou hast ended thy charge. One of these must needs be. Be therefore a good comfort. 24. Let it always appear and be manifest unto thee, that solitariness and desert places by many philosophers so much esteemed of and affected, are of themselves but thus and thus, and that all things are them to them that live in towns, and converse with others as they are the same nature, everywhere to be seen and observed. To them that have retired themselves to the tops of mountains, and to desert havens, or what other desert and inhabited places soever, for anywhere it thou wilt mayest thou quickly find and apply that to thyself, which Plato saith of his philosopher, in a place, as private and retired, saith he, as if he were shut up and enclosed about, in some shepherd's lodge, on the top of a hill. by thyself to put these questions to thyself, or to enter in these considerations. What is my chief and principal part, which hath power over the rest? What is now the present seek of it, as I use it, and what is it, that I employ it about. Is it now void of reason or no? Is it free and separated, or so affixed, so congealed and grown together as it were with the flesh, that I am swayed by the motions and inclinations of it? 25. He that runs away from his master Is a fugitive, but the law is every man's master. He, therefore, that forsakes the law is a fugitive. So is he, whosoever he be, that is either sorry, angry, or afraid, or for anything that either hath been, is, or shall be by his appointment, who is the Lord and Governor of the universe, for he truly and properly is the law, as the only distributor and dispenser of all things that happen unto anyone in his lifetime. Whatsoever, then, is either sorry, angry, or afraid, is a fugitive. 26. From man is the seed, that once cast into the womb man hath no more to do with it. Another cause succeedeth and undertakes the work and in time brings a child that wonderful effect from such a beginning to perfection. Again, man lets food down through his throat and that once down, he hath no more to do with it. Another cause succeedeth, and distributeth this food into his senses, and the affections into life and into strength, and doth with it those other many and marvellous things that belong unto man. These things, therefore, that are so secretly and invisibly wrought, and brought to pass, thou must use to behold and contemplate, and not the things themselves only, but the power also by which they are affected, that thou mayest behold it, thou not with the eyes of the body, yet as plainly and visibly as thou canst see and discern the outward deficient cause of the depression and elevation of anything. 27. Ever to mind and consider with thyself how all things that now are have been henceforth much after the same sort and after the same fashion that now they are, and so to think of those things which shall be hereafter also. Moreover, whole dramata and uniform scenes, or scenes that comprehend the lives and actions of men, of one calling and profession, as many as either in thine own experience thou hast known, or by reading of ancient histories, As the whole court of Adrianus, the whole court of Antonius Pius, the whole court of Philippus, that of Alexander, that of Croesus, to set them all before thine eyes, for thou shalt find that they are all but after one sort and fashion, only that the actors were others. 28. As a pig that cries and flings when his throat is cut, fancy to thyself every one to be that grieves for any worldly thing and takes on. Such a one is he also who upon his bed alone doth bewail the miseries of this our mortal life. And remember this, that unto reasonable creatures only it is granted that they may willingly and freely submit unto providence, but absolutely to submit is a necessity imposed upon all creatures equally. 29. Whatsoever it is that thou goest about, consider of it by thyself, and ask thyself, What? Because I shall do this no more when I am dead, should therefore death seem grievous unto me. 30. When thou art offended with any man's transgression, presently reflect upon thyself, and consider what thou thyself art guilty of in the same kind, as that thou also perchance dost think it a happiness, either to be rich, or to live in pleasure, or to be praised and commended, and so of the rest in particular. For this if thou shalt call to mind, thou shalt soon forget thine anger, especially when at the same time this also shall concur in thy thoughts, that he was constrained by his error and ignorance so to do. For how can he choose as long as he is of that opinion? Do thou therefore, if thou canst, take away that from him that forceth him to do as he doth. 31. When thou seest Styro, think of Socrates and Eucus, or Hymen, and when Euphrates, think of Eutychio and Sylvanus, when Alciphron, of Tropathrorus, when Ziphon of Critos and Severus, and when thou dost look upon thyself, fancy unto thyself some one or other of Caesar's, and so for everyone, some one or other that hath been for estate and profession answerable unto him. Then let this come to thy mind at the same time. And where now are they all? Nowhere or anywhere. For so shalt thou art all time be able to perceive how all worldly things are but as the smoke that vanisheth away, or indeed mere nothing. Especially when thou shalt call to mind this also, that whatsoever is once changed shall never be again, as long as the world endureth. And thou then, how long shalt thou endure? And why doth it not suffice thee, if virtuously, and as becometh thee, thou mayest pass that portion of time, how little soever it be, that is allotted unto thee? 32. What a subject, and what a course of life it is, that thou doest so much desire to be rid of. For all these things, what are they, but fit objects for an understanding, that beholdeth everything according to its true nature, to exercise itself upon Be patient, therefore, until that, as a strong stomach that turns all things into his own nature, and as a great fire that turneth in flame and light, whatsoever thou doest cast into it, thou have made these things also familiar, and as it were, natural unto thee. 33. Let it not be in any man's power to say truly of thee, that thou art not truly simple, or sincere and open, or not good. Let him be deceived whatsoever he be that shall have any such opinion of thee. For all this doth depend of thee, For who is it that should hinder thee from being either truly simple or good? Do thou only resolve rather not to live than not to be such? For indeed, neither doth it stand with reason that he should live that it is not such. What then is it that may upon this present occasion according to best reason and discretion, either be said or done. For whatsoever it be, it is in thy power either to do it or to say it, and therefore seek not any pretenses, as though thou wert hindered. Thou wilt never cease groaning and complaining until such time as that, What pleasure is unto the voluptuous, but unto thee, to do in everything that presents itself, whatsoever may be done comfortably and agreeably to the proper constitution of man, or to man as he is a man? For thou must account that pleasure, whatsoever it be, that thou mayest do according to thine own nature. And to do this, every place will fit thee. Unto the cylindrius or roller, it is not granted to move everywhere according to its proper motion, as neither unto the water, nor unto the fire, nor unto any other thing that either is merely natural, or natural and sensitive, but not rational for many things there be that can hinder their operations. But of the mind and understanding, this is the proper privilege, that according to its own nature, and as it will itself, it can pass through every obstacle that it finds and keep straight on forwards. Setting therefore before thine eyes this happiness and felicity of mind, whereby it is able to pass through all things, and is capable of all motions, whether as the fire, upwards, or as the stone, downwards, or as the cylindrous, through that which is sloping, Content thyself with it and seek not after any other thing thirty four As he that is bitten by a mad dog, it is afraid of everything almost that he seeth, so unto him whom the dog have once bitten or in whom true knowledge hath made an impression, everything almost that he sees or reads, be it never so short or ordinary, doth afford a good memento to put him out of all grief and fear, as that of the poet, the winds blow upon the trees, and their leaves fall upon the ground. Then do the trees begin to bud again, and by the springtime they put forth new branches. So is the generation of man, some come into the world, and others go out of it. 35. A good eye must be good to see whatsoever is to be seen, and not green things only, for that is proper to sore eyes. So must a good ear and a good smell be ready for whatsoever is either to be heard or smelt, and a good stomach as indifferent to all kinds of food as a milestone is to whatsoever she was made for to grind.' As ready, therefore, must a sound understanding be for whatsoever shall happen. But he saith that, O that my children might live, and O that all men might commend me for whatsoever I do, is an eye that seeks after green things, or as teeth after that which is tender, 36. There is not any man that is so happy in his death, but that some of those that are by him when he dies will be ready to rejoice at his supposed calamity. It is one that with virtuous and wise indeed will there not some one or other be found who thus will say to himself, Well now at last shall I be at rest from this pedagogue. He did not indeed otherwise trouble us much, but I know well that in his heart he did much condemn us. Thus will they speak of the virtuous, but as for us, alas, I how many things be there for which there be many that glad would be to rid of us. This therefore, if thou shalt think of whensoever thou diest, thou shalt die the more willingly, when thou shalt think with thyself. I am now to depart from that world, wherein those that have been my nearest friends and acquaintances They whom I have so much suffered for, so often prayed for, and for whom I have taken such care, even they would have me die, hoping that after my death they shall live happier than they did before. What then should any man desire to continue to be here for? Nevertheless, Whensoever thou diest, thou must not be less kind and loving unto them for it, but as before, see them, continue to be their friend, to wish them well, and meekly and gently to carry thyself towards them, but yet so that on the other side it make thee not the more unwilling to die.' 37. Use thyself as often as thou seest any man do anything, presently, if it be possible, to say unto thyself, What is this man's end in this his action? But begin this course with thyself first of all, and diligently examine thyself concerning whatsoever thou doest. Thirty-eight. Remember, that that which sets a man at work, and hath power over the affections to draw them either one way or the other way, is not any external thing properly, but that which is hidden within every man's dogmata and opinions, that that is rhetoric, that is life, that to speak true, is man himself. As for thy body, which is a vessel, or a case, compasseth thee about, and the many and curious instruments that it hath annexed unto it, let them not trouble thy thoughts, for of themselves they are but a carpenter's axe, but that they are born with us, and naturally sticking unto us. But otherwise, without the inwards cause that hath power to move them, and to restrain them, those parts are of themselves of no more use unto us than the shuttle is of itself to the weaver, or the pen to the writer, or the whip to the coachman."